Um, so last week, um, Brandon and Cindy kind of shared with us um, about the conversation that they've been having. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are areas of our country, areas of our world, that just because you have a different color skin than somebody sitting next to you, it creates a tension that seems dumb. You know, that, that there are tensions that exist in this world because some, some person is a darker skin tone than somebody else. Like, what in the world, why in the world would you divide over that? But it's a deeply ingrained thing that's going on, on inside of our hearts. You know, all you have to do is just start researching what the history of our country looks like. Um, different decisions that we made with the Native Americans. You know, we, we showed up, you know, fresh from England. It was like, hey, we claim this uninhabited land for, you know, the, the English colonies. This, this uninhabited land that there doesn't exist any, anybody else. Could you people move out of the way? We need to, to build homes. So we say, oh, you've got a beautiful country that, that you've, uh, you've cultivated here. Do you mind if we plant into your garden a little bit more? No, 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 no. We insist. Well, here, tell you what. There's some beautiful land. I know that this land is really pretty, but there's some beautiful land, land further west. Could you pack up your family and just move further west? We'll help you. Oh, you don't have firearms. Interesting. So notice what we did with the Native Americans, and none of us deal with that. It's what the Dutch did in Africa. The Dutch moved in and did the exact same thing. It's what we did with um, chattel slavery here in America. So to say that I am not experiencing something and because, or because I'm not experiencing the, the pressures of something, other people need to get over it, is really insensitive on that. So today I wanna, I wanna start looking about, or looking at what are the other areas of our life that we're having this conversation with? Um, I don't grow things. Um, I would love for weeds to have this paradigm shift that we all think that weeds are the most beautiful thing in the world because they're a whole lot easier to grow than, than flowers. I've, I've got a habanero plant in my windowsill that's doing great. I've got two peace lilies. They're not doing great. I would love for, um, can't we just grow grass? I don't kill grass that much. Like, I want to grow that. So, yeah, I, I kill grass, but just not as effectively as I kill peace lilies. Um, and so what happens if I start growing weeds in my garden? I think that they're beautiful because they're easy to grow. And then somebody comes over to my house and starts stomping around on all my weeds. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you're stomping around on my weeds. Not weeds. Beautiful, cultivated, you know, lush garden of foliage. And then they go, what flowers? What am, what am I stepping on? And it's like, I worked hard on cultivating those weeds. You need to back off. All of us have these flower gardens in our lives that in our minds, that is a flower garden. Notice my little fence that I have around my flower garden. That's to keep all you weirdos out of it and stop stepping on it. And then we have friends that come in our lives and they don't value the things that we value. And so they put their feet up on the coffee table. I'm a foot on the coffee table kind of person. Why in the world would you have a coffee table that high if you don't intend to put your feet on it? But if I go over to your house and I put my feet up on the coffee table, all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh. And because we're in the South, we never communicate things. We never say, hey, you're irritating me. We just go, 
I will just remember that for the next 40 years. <laughs> and then when you leave the house, I go, did you see him put your, bless your heart. Oh, bless your darling heart. It's like when that person leaves the house, we all go, did you see what they do at the coffee table? Why in the world would they put their feet on the coffee table? So I go away from your house like, that was a really great visit. Meanwhile, everybody else is like, do you have to stay so long the next time you come by? So like we have these areas that are really important to us. We don't really communicate that very well. And then we're ignorant and we walk through areas of each other's lives, even if I, I don't intend to offend you. I accidentally offend pretty regularly. So how in the world do we deal with that? Well, we have conversations about it. Novel concept of like, hey, when you are doing this action or when you are saying this, you are sucking all of the air out of my life. And then that other person has the ability to go, I don't care about you, you little snowflake. Like there is that option. Or if I love that person, I can go, I didn't intend to walk on your flower garden. I'm so sorry. Can you help me walk through this? Where are the flower gardens in your life? Or where are the landmines that are about to blow my leg off? You know, when you get together with somebody that you're wanting to spend some time with, everything's all hunky-dory until you hit that first landmine. And it's like, oh, you're a crazy person. I didn't even realize it. Like I said hi to you and you bit my head off about the way that I hold my toothbrush. You guys ever had that conversation? Like somebody just snaps and it's like, stop eating ice. It's like, what? why? It's like, you've been driving me crazy for the last 35 years about the way that you eat ice. It's like, well, could, could you have brought that up 25 years ago? So um, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about like, what are, why, why is that? Why do we have this division of things that are important to us? Um, first thing that I want to mention is that your unity within your family, within your friend circle, within your church, within our state, within our nation, is being sabotaged against your will. There are forces in the world today that are trying to drive y'all apart, trying to make you think that your spouse is a crazy person and you're the only human being that has the ability to be in the same room with them. How in the world do you have friends when you're this messed up? There are forces that are going to try to make you think that your kids are the craziest human beings on the face of the planet. There are going to be forces in the world and on the news that make you think people that look differently than you are, have a different way of life than you do. Of like, well, you know, that's just them. We have whole jokes that we tell that are racially oriented. Just to divide. My group's different than your group. We have things that we do that are different than your group. Um, we are not going to get into the depths of political conversations and how you have political conversations with each other, but I just want to bring up the point that, you know, governing our nation, governing our state, governing the church is a pretty complicated process. And do we really think that we can boil all the complexity of governance down into whether you are blue or red? Is like all things that, that come with, with taxes, with leadership, with morals, with um, finances, all of that can boil straight down into A or B. Well, no. <laughs> we can't even drive our cars in an A or B kind of way. You know, there aren't 
there are good drivers and bad drivers. But the world's not set up between the people that are good drivers and bad drivers. There's spectrums that we're on. And then there are some people that don't want to drive. They ride horses. There are some people that don't want to have a car. They have skateboards. So it's, it's easy for us to divide people on these binary scales. You're black, I'm white. You're Democrat, I'm Republican. You're liberal, I'm conservative. We have all these left or rights that the forces in the world try to make you pick apples or oranges. It's like, well, what happens if I want to eat a pineapple? No. Apples or oranges. Dr. Seuss wrote a book about the guys that put the stars on their chest, and there are people that have stars on their chest and people that don't have stars on their chest. The people that have stars on their chest are way better than the people with no stars. Have you ever met a no-starred person? They're strange individuals. So the forces, the powers, this demonic force that seeks to divide us about whatever. Um, I, had, I had a friend that I was talking to. I, I recently, I say recently, it's been 10 years ago. Goodness. Um, I found a, a new person that I, I like their music. And I was like, hey, you know, have you heard this person? And she was like, yeah, Justin, he was really popular about six years ago. I'm like, I never, I never heard about it. Like, hey, the next time you find like some band that you think that I might like, won't you tell me about it? And they're like, okay. And then the next day they said, have you heard this band? Like, oh God, I hate them. And then they said, Justin, that's why no one ever talks to you about things. And I was just like, oh no, does everybody know this about me? Because I reacted so negatively to another person's viewpoint. They were just like, okay, stay in your realm of ignorance. It's like, oh no. So you have to actively, act, actively seek out people to have a conversation with that you, that you think differently on. Um, our brains are trying to be the most efficient that they can be. Our brains are incredibly lazy. And it's not, not your mind, not your personality. I'm talking about the actual physical makeup of your brain. Your brain is looking to do the maximum amount of uh, effectiveness on the least amount of fuel. So we do things on autopilot. Have you ever been driving home from work and then like pull in your driveway and just be like, I don't remember the last like three or four miles. Because your brain is on autopilot. Your brain is not even having to think on stuff. So we avoid things that make us think too deeply about certain things. We just naturally avoid them. Or we avoid things that expose a natural lack of confidence. I do not get on dance floors because I don't dance. I don't do it. I can go to your wedding, and you can ask me to dance, and I'm not going to dance. I can go to your funeral, and it's in your dying wishes that, like, I want Justin to dance at my funeral. It's not going to happen. I love you to pieces. I'll go make you a cake. I'm not dancing. So when I have friends that, like, want to start dancing, I go find other things to do. I go grab my coffee, go grab my water, and I stand on the back of the wall. And once people say, like, hey, you want to come out? Like, no, uh, I've got to get up early in the morning. I've got, to, I've got all those bills that I've got to pay. I'll, I'll see you later. I don't dance. And so I avoid things that expose the lack of confidence in my dancing. So when I'm talking to somebody from another political point of view or am I talking to somebody from a different cultural perspective, my brain is automatically, I don't make a decision about this. My brain is already pushing me away from anything that's making me actually think about things to have a conversation that's real or something that I don't have confidence in. So if I'm not confident in my ability to communicate to somebody from a different political point of view or that somebody that is in a different cultural perspective that I'm in, my brain shunts me away from those things. 
so that I surround myself with a group of people that think just like I do, that look just like I do, so I don't have to apply any more effort because your lives are stressful enough as is. Your brain is like, we need no more stress. Hey, you need to learn how to have a conversation with somebody from a different culture so that you protect yourself from racist thoughts. It's like, well, I don't want to. Life would be way easier to not do that. And so our brains will sabotage us. So not only is, uh, um, is our brain sabotaging, the world is sabotaging us. You are more profitable if you are disunified. If there's a whole bunch of different groups of you, people make more money off of you. There are flavor wars with soda. Which one's better? Coke. Which one's better? Pepsi. You're all wrong. It's naturally Dr. Pepper. We cannot go back on knowing that there is objective truth in our world. But notice how these two companies work with each other. They're opposing forces. You know, Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola are two different companies. They don't want you to buy the other brand, but they work in tandem with each other to get you to go, mm, Coke's better, Pepsi's better, Coke's better, Pepsi's better. And then they can pull money out of your pocket the entire time that you're having an argument with it. There are governmental systems, foreign and domestic, that benefit from us not being able to have a conversation with each other. There are whole rooms full of people that are messing with the algorithms of YouTube, Facebook, Instagram in order to drum up drama between people in this room right here. It's not something that's happening in some, you know, distant land of, you know, Madagascar. It's happening right here. All, your Facebook feed is limiting all the things, all the re rational people that think differently than you. <laughs> um, so the only people that you're exposed to of a different culture or a different thought pattern are crazy people. All of the memes that we share with, with each other are like, do you, do you see how weird those starred people are? Oh, weirdo starred people. Did you see how weird those no starred people are? Well, they're weirdos. We never want to talk to them. Facebook doesn't care about who you don't like. It just cares that you don't like somebody. And it will drive your attention to disunity because when we're unified, nothing can stand against us. So what do we do? We try to disunify the people that we're trying to attack. You are more likely to overspend on a house if you and your spouse are not talking to each other. You're more likely to overspend on a car when you're not talking to each other. If they can't get us disunified, they will try to make you angry or afraid. If you are seeing something on the internet or you're seeing something on the news that provokes an anger or fear response in you, you are being manipulated. If something happens from this stage that is trying to provoke a response of anger or fear, Somebody is trying to manipulate you. So be aware of that. When I, when I hear something and I, oh, I can't believe these people would do that. Once that anger response hits, ding, 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 uh-oh. Somebody's just manipulated me. If I go without lunch, the world is a lonelier place because of it, because I, I'm not thinking rationally. And me skipping lunch for a, 15 minutes.
can change my entire perspective on the world. So if people can't get us disunified, if it can't get us at each other's throats, it will at least either try to make you afraid. There are people in this world that are out to get you. Well, how do I keep myself safe? Notice that the people that say that are the ones that are designing the burglary systems. There's something in your home that is killing you more tonight. We can't even read recipes on the internet without scrolling through a bunch of ads. Just tell me how to make the sponge cake. Like, no. Well, I started off, well, when I was a young girl, I, I did all this stuff. All of that stuff is just advertisement to get you to scroll past all that stuff. We are being marketed because our disunity is profitable for these other countries. Not, not necessarily other countries, but other corporations. Disunity is being fed to you. Every time we open up our news, every time we open up the internet, we are being sp spoon-fed disunity from every source that we could look around. It's being just fed to you. If I don't know enough to make my own food, I will just sit there and go, I'm hungry, feed me. And there's whole groups of people that will go, we would love to feed you. Eat this marketing. Eat this advertisement. We've got to mature up enough to know that we're being manipulated. We've got to mature up enough to know, hey, somebody's trying to make me mad. Somebody's trying to make me angry. Um, our, this seems like an insignificant thing, but the way we react to sports teams shows that our hearts naturally gravitate towards, you follow Bama? You must be a lower intellect than anybody else. You're a Patriots fan? We know what to do with you people around here. And then when you say, I'm a Titans fan, and the entire country goes, aw. It seems like the, the most idiotic thing in the world, but we judge each other on sports teams. How much more do we judge each other on these on these huge issues. We can't even have conversations with somebody that's of a, of a different rivalry. Every time that Sparta gets mentioned in my mind, the first thing that pops into my mind is SS, SBA, RTA, SBA, RTA. Like I want to divide people that live 15 minutes south from us. We, we have a system in the world that is trying to separate us. Okay, all of that to say, things are trying to separate us. I want to read some verses. So this is 1 John. There's a few of these verses. Your brain's going to want to disengage. Fight that. Everybody, well, most of us are mature here. So fight against the ADHD that happens in your brain. Engage on this. Um, this is 1 John 1, starting in verse 5. John is writing to a group of people, okay? This message that we heard from Jesus and now is, are declaring to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So we are lying if we say that we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. Well, what in the world does fellowship with each other have to do with living in the light? He goes on to it. We have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
So all of us have moments in time that we are walking around in darkness. I've got sin that attaches to my heart. I've got sin that attaches to my lifestyle. How in the world do I stay clean? I live in the light as God is in the light. Fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from that sin. Verse 8, if we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we are not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim that we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Well, I don't want to do that. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one is the one that is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sin. Not only our sin, but the sins of the entire world. We have this advocate that is pleading mercy for the sins of the entire world. And we can be sure that we, if we know him, we obey his commandments. Okay, here it, here it is. Obey the, the rules. We, we know how to do this in the church. There's rules. Don't run in the sanctuary. That's a rule. I agree, Lord. And we can be sure if we obey him or if we know him, we obey his commandments. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. Oh, we're getting more intense. But if, if those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him, that is how we know that we are living in him. So how do you know that you're living in him? You're obeying the commandments, okay? What commandments? He goes on and says, those who say that they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Okay, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to live my life as Jesus did. Tell me what I have to do. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. Okay, so... Obey the the old commandments. There's nothing new that we have to do. Okay, what is this old commandment? Rather, it's an old one that you've had from the very beginning. All right, I'm thinking Ten Commandments. I'm I'm thinking not wearing linen and cotton. I'm thinking don't wear or don't eat shrimp. Commandments. The Jews know how to do this commandment thing. This old commandment, okay, to love one another is the same message that you heard before, yet it's also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment as you are also living in it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates their fellow believer, that person is living in darkness. Let's apply this to the color of someone's skin, political viewpoints, country of origin, sports team affiliation, hair color, where you buy your groceries. If that person hates a fellow believer, that person is living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is living and walking in darkness. Such person doesn't know which way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. So why are we experiencing the things that we are experiencing? It's because we have been blinded by the darkness because we have not sought love over division. We have two kingdoms that are at war with each other. We have the kingdom of this world that is seeking to divide us, and we have the kingdom of heaven that is seeking to unify us. I have to walk in love. Notice that unity does not necessarily mean harmony. Because I love somebody does not mean that I just am free of having awkward, difficult conversations. No. I'm saying that this problem that we're experiencing is not in between us. Your political viewpoints, whatever they are, are not in between us. 
Your, the color of your skin is not an issue between us. Who you voted for in the last election, who you root for during the Super Bowl is not something in between us. Now, we might have a problem that we need to communicate about, but we are on the same side as the problem. I love you. I am unified with you. And together, we are going to work on this problem that's over here. The, the uh, flowers that I was talking about, someone stepping in. When somebody makes a racist joke to me, I have an issue with it. If, if you have a cool racist joke, don't take it to me because I'm not going to find it funny. I had a conversation with somebody, and I could tell the color of the person's skin that they were talking about by the tone of voice that they were using. And so, you know, called them on it. I mean, and it was, it was super awkward because we were in a big circle, and it's like, what do you mean by that? And they're like, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm like, joke? What do you mean by it? I, I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cause anything. I'm like, no, it's cool, but, you know, let's work on this. Why, why did you think that that was funny? I had somebody, like one of my closest friends, like make a really inappropriate racial joke at a restaurant that we went to, to the waitress. So like I got up and left. Called him immediately after. Like, hey, I love you. I love you to pieces. I'm not breaking fellowship with you, but I'm not going to just sit around and laugh at something that you said. When we're talking to people of different political views than we do, and they say something that makes us want to go, I cannot believe that they said that. Hey, what did you mean by this? Not because I want to call you on a carpet. I want to hear from you. I, I see this issue as being different. As, as transparent as I'm going to be, I believe in the right to life. I don't believe that we should be aborting people, babies, humans, just because of convenience. It is easy for me to have that because I don't have anybody in my immediate family that is dealing with an unwanted pregnancy. So what do I do? I go have conversations with people that have walked through that process before, and it is incredibly uncomfortable to go, why did you make a decision to walk through an abortion? Because it's not like the people are wandering out in the streets going, I think I'm going to have an abortion today. People are dealing with huge, weighty conversations that they're dealing with in darkness. And a lot of the time, what they've experienced from the church is just radical judgment. And how dare you, you murderer. It's one of the reasons why we give and we support the Crisis Pregnancy Center here in Cookville. It's not a, how dare you, you're a crazy person. It's like, come here, baby. Let's open up our arms to the people that are dealing with stuff in our lives. It is easy for us to sit on Facebook and have super uh, simple opinions about different things. I challenge you if, you, if you've got a friend in your life that you disagree with vehemently, go have a conversation. Go get coffee and sit down and go, tell me, tell me more. I want to learn about what you're going on or what you're dealing with. How, how do you vote like that? Because I've had to do that. Like, wh why in the world do you vote the way that you do? Because I have friends, blood-bought, radical believers that fall on either side of the political spectrum. I've got friends that love Jesus that would institute communism today. Because <laughs> that's what it says in the book of Acts, that they had all things in communion, like you sell your house and you give it to the poor. And then I have friends that are like, 
if you come try to take my house, I will shoot you in the parking lot. On either sides of a, of a liberal or conservative, libertarian or communism, and both of them love Jesus. I have got friends that have had abortions. It is uncomfortable to have relationships with these people that think differently than us, that look differently than us. But if we don't start trying to unify around these huge things, the enemy is sitting there laughing at us because we are doing his job for it. He's trying to get us to disunify, to split and to divide and to treat with judgment. And we are doing his job for it. So what do you do? The practical steps is you realize that you're being taken advantage of. Once you have that anger or fear reaction, when you're looking on Facebook or you're seeing the nightly news, realize, uh-uh, somebody's trying to sell me something. Have you ever had somebody that was in some nasty multi-level marketing thing and then it's like, oh, there's the pitch. You can feel that. Feel the pitch on the nightly news. Feel the pitch on whatever news source that you're getting your information from. Feel the pitch on Facebook. Oh, somebody's trying to to buy my disloyalty. Somebody's trying to buy me. Realize that you're being taken advantage of. Call the darkness out for what it is. Step two, just go, hey, I'm being tempted to divide right here. Call it out for what it is. It doesn't mean that you're a crazy person. Just say, hey, I want to pull back from you because you have a different color skin than I do. I want to pull back from you because you listen to country music and I don't. By the way, that's another thing. Like when someone's blaring, you know, like some country music, I go, just, to, I mean, to be honest, but how is that any different than judging somebody like, you know, if a house is playing mariachi music, which I, by the way, love. If a house is playing mariachi music, there are people in our community that judge the people that are living in that house. Step three, you need to walk into the light, have fellowship with each other. Don't try to pull away from people that, that look differently than us, that, that vote differently than us. Walk into that. Hey, I love you. So as we start talking about opening up Children's Church, there are people that are on either side of the coronavirus spectrum. There are people that, um, I was telling a, a couple this morning, there are people in our family that think that you're going to start spraying blood out of your eyes the second that you get this. And then there are people that think that this is a government conspiracy and that there's no virus at all. We've got people on either side of the spectrum of just this disease right now that it's easy for us to go, well, you think differently than I do, you weirdo. No, 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 no. I love you. If you want to come in and wear a mask, great. I love you. If you want to come in and you think that this is engineered by, by the government, great. I love you. I have my viewpoint. If you want to hear my viewpoint, I'll, I'll share my viewpoint with you. doesn't mean that I'm right. But we're not going to divide as like, oh, you're, you're a star person. You stay over here. You're a no star person. You stay over here. And all the spiritual people, we're, we have two stars. We're not going to do that mess here. We're going, to, we're going to gather around the same table, even though hypothetically we had different tables that we're gathering around. We're going to unify over these important matters in our life. I want to read one final verse to you, and we can get up and go home. Galatians 3, 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You have been united with Christ in baptism and have put on Christ like new clothes. Verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer slave or free. 
There is no longer male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham, and you are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham now belongs to you. So in the church, in the body of Christ, we have been melded in into one group. We are now one loaf of bread. It's one of the reasons why we took communion last Sunday. Out of all the individual grain uh, um, seeds that, that come out of an entire field, there is a group that creates one loaf out of it. Out of all the individual grape um, pieces of fruit that exist in a vineyard, we bring them together to form one cup. All the different walks of life, all the different backgrounds, all the different points of view that you have, all over our entire uh, country, our entire world, throughout history, Christ in his body has brought us all together as one flesh. There are people in our family that, were, that are a part of our family before America ever existed. There will be people in the church family that are going to be here after America is long gone. We unify around things that stretch outside of the time that we're in. That's where our unity comes from. It's not necessarily our sports team. It's not necessarily whether we're gluten-free or not gluten-free. We don't unify around the fact that we listen to the same um, style of music. We don't unify around, uh, is hockey a better sport than football? It is. But we don't unify around that. We unify around the blood of Christ. And around the unity of the blood of Christ, I don't care what background you're from. I don't care who you vote for. If you are a fellow believer in Christ, I have something to unify. There is a foundation to our family that we can build a house together with. Now, you might be listening to your style of music in your corner of the house. I listen to mine in my style. That doesn't mean that I have to like everything that you like. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have to agree with everything that you believe. But it does mean that I unify and I say, I love you despite our differences. Is that something that's rational to think that I can unify with you because I love you? You're voting for the wrong person, but I still love you. You shared something dumb on the internet, but I still love you. You listen to country music, but I still love you. You don't drink Dr. Pepper. Look, we're, we're not all perfect. I'm not there yet, okay? Give me grace. We're working on it. Go ahead and stand up. Father, uh, this is not something that we can do because we're really good at it. Holy Spirit, we need help. I wasn't the one that unified all of us together. Jesus, you were. So you know how this thing's supposed to work. I don't. I don't know how all the pieces bolt together, but you do. Father, your word says that you have placed each one of us in a family that I'm not lonely anymore. I'm not just some lone wolf anymore. You have placed the lonely inside of families and you have knit us together according to our gifts and our talents and our abilities exactly in the family that we need to be. So Father, I pray that you would open up my heart that I would be able to love like you love, that I would be able to love the Samaritan woman just the same as, as the thief Judas, that I would love the tax collector Matthew just the same way that you love Nicodemus. God, show me how to love the people like you loved them, that you didn't agree with everybody in your life, that, that love doesn't necessarily mean agreement, but love means love, that I'm willing to jump in front of a bullet for the people in my family, regardless of who they voted for, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of if they don't drink Dr. Pepper. Father, show me how to love the people in my community and take a bullet for people that, uh, that I would prefer not to have a conversation with. Let us take steps towards love, and Father, I need your help.
This is not me trying to get the church to be like me. Father, we need your help in dealing with this. Uh, Father, that you would help us. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.